Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game-based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. Minicoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out Minicoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Minicoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Minicoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Just a few announcements. I'm going to have some more great guests next week, starting with, hopefully on Monday, Eric Peters. We tried to do an interview today and had technical difficulties Ghost in the Machine. So hopefully I will be connecting with him tomorrow or Monday and we'll get an update from him on the regime's intentional or unintentional attempts to get us all out of our automobiles. And he's always a great person to share insights about what government regulation is doing to our freedom via the automobile industry. So I have that coming up, and I just want to remind everybody that I am going to have a Patreon up and running sometime this month. It really depends upon the end of the project I'm working on, which is nearing its conclusion, and I'll have all sorts of additional content available for paying members. So keep an eye out for that. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast and Tell a few friends about it. Share the show notes page on your social media. It's really important that we get the word out. And the more people that listen to the podcast, the more content I can bring your way. So without further ado, the subject of today's podcast is Elon Musk's offer to buy Twitter outright and take it private. This has the world Twitter, pun intended. And there's all sorts of speculation as to what might happen to Twitter as far as its policies on censoring material, whether this could be a great blow for free speech, whether he could ever be successful in changing the culture there, even if he fires everybody. So we don't know what's going to happen. I know Mark Cuban chimed in at one point and said, what if Peter Thiel offered to partner with Elon Musk and up the bid? So offer even more money. Elon offered $54.20 a share. And according to a statement in his SEC filing on the offer, this represented a 54% premium over the closing price of the common stock on January 28th, the trading day before the reporting person, which is Musk, began investing in Twitter. 
and a 38% premium over the closing price of the common stock on April 1st, 2022, the trading day before the reporting person's investment in the issuer was publicly announced. And if you look at a chart of Twitter's share prices year to date, you can see that there's a huge gap up in the price on April 1st after the announcement is made. And uh, that kind of peaks, and then we've had a little bit of a pullback since then. Like most huge price increases in a stock, you're going to see it pull back a little. So he's offering to buy it at a premium in any case, so more than it's worth now. And I wanted to read another section of the SEC filing because it's somewhat amusing. This is obviously from the offer package that Musk delivered to the chairman of the board of Twitter, and it reads as Exhibit B in the filing, Brett Taylor, chairman of the board, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe, and I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. As a result, I am offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share in cash, a 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. My offer is my best and final offer, and if it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Twitter has this extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. So you can see there that the 9% that Musk already bought, he's now using as leverage, saying, go along with my offer, or I'm going to sell my 9% and sink your share price. So you've got an opportunity here to sell out and make money. But of course, you'd have to give up control of the company to Musk 100%. So as I've always said, the billionaires are strategic thinkers. That's why they have billions of dollars. Whether you like them or not is, is your own affair, but you certainly can't say that they don't think a few steps ahead. Now, there's all sorts of speculation on whether Musk can be successful at this, that the regime will not allow him to take control of Twitter and allow him to make the platform free and open the way that even Jack Dorsey says he envisioned it when he first founded it. Now, I'm not saying that nobody will try to fight this. Everybody who wants to squash free speech and dissenting opinions is going to fight this as hard as they can. But I think people overestimate the amount of control that they have. Although if there is a regulatory way for the government to block this, if there is a way, another way for any big players who have an interest in Musk not being successful here to block this, I'm sure they will pull out every stop. But whether he's successful or not, I, I, the thing that sticks out to me about this whole affair is that it underlines something that I've been saying that almost no conservatives say these days. Most Democrats don't say these days. 
And for me, an uncomfortable amount of libertarians don't say these days, and that is, yes, Twitter is a private company, and yes, it can do what it wants. Now, just to head off any midwits who may stumble upon the podcast and decide to leave a comment, of course, by private, I mean they're part of the private sector. I do understand that they are publicly traded, and Musk actually makes reference to that in his offer and and makes uh, a reference to taking the company private as opposed to publicly traded. But when people sarcastically say, oh, they're a private company, they can do what they want, what they mean is they're part of the private sector, they're not part of the public sector. But that's what I mean when I say a private company, so we don't have that confusion. So this has become a meme among many of the people, even the libertarians that I tend to side with over the other libertarians who I tend to oppose. And that is that because these companies are so mixed up with the government and sell some products to the government, collude with the government in certain ways, or at least cooperate in government surveillance against us, that therefore they have surrendered all their property rights. And I just don't buy that. A few episodes back, I had Pete Quinones on, and I disagree with him on this. Of course, he's not saying I'm a libertarian and I believe this. He's saying, look, I was a libertarian, and here's one of the reasons I think it doesn't work. So perfectly consistent position. But if you believe in property rights, but you're going to say that until there is absolutely no involvement with the government, involvement that in many cases companies don't have a choice about, that you are not going to respect the property rights of private companies, well, guess what? We're never going to have a market economy. And really, I find that it's somewhat special pleading to all of a sudden start saying that these companies aren't really private because of whatever involvement with the government that they might have, when this is not what we were saying about the same companies 10, 12 years ago. And it's not what we say about many other private companies who also either sell some products to the government or cooperate with regulators. One thing I've learned about successful business people in my several dozen now trips around the sun is that they are very single-minded. They're not philosophers. They can't afford to be philosophers. You have to be completely single-minded to run a successful business. And when the government puts a stop in your way, you find a way around it or you go out of business. And believe me, life would not be much fun for any of us if every business owner stood on principle and refused to operate until there was a laissez-faire market. Now, to some extent, I'm, I'm making the other side of the case here and perhaps exaggerating for effect. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, if you like to read books as much as I do, there comes a time when you realize you just won't ever find the time to read every book you're interested in. Well, I have great news. Blinkist offers the key ideas from nonfiction bestsellers in as little as 15 minutes. For most books and their extensive library, you can choose to read or listen to Blinks, which summarize the main ideas 
and allow you to absorb whole books in the time it takes to run your daily errands or commute to work. Not only does Blinkist allow you to glean the information you need from books you don't have time to read, it helps you to decide which ones to spend time reading and get more details. You can try out Blinkist for free and get 20% off your first year by going to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Blinkist. Start your free trial and get 20% off today. And now let's get back to the show. We help each other when we don't mean to. That's what we call the invisible hand. Something no politician understands. Just leave it up to supply and demand. And follow the But there is an extent to which the regulatory environment that exists now is not the result of successful business people. It's the result of the public demanding that businesses be regulated. Now, a lot of these regulations originate among the competitors of the most successful business, or they originate with the most dominant business in a sector that's trying to keep new competitors out. But those regulations wouldn't exist. In fact, the whole New Deal structure wouldn't exist if FDR didn't get elected four times with overwhelming public support for him basically transferring the legislative power from Congress, where at least things could get voted down, to the executive, where executive branch bureaucrats just make up any laws they want, like the recent law that they made up about guns. That doesn't happen to be an economic regulation, but it's the same problem. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that having Congress in charge is the answer either. I don't want people voting on anything, to be honest with you. But it's a lot better when there could be some pushback, which there is not in a regulatory agency. So at the end of the day, I guess what I'm saying here is that Elon Musk has just proven that, yes, this is a private company. Yes, there could be a market solution to the censorship, which I completely deplore by Twitter and Facebook and all the rest of them. I have no use whatsoever for these latte-sipping, soy-boy, billionaire wokesters. But that doesn't mean I have a right to invade their property. And for anyone who isn't already convinced, let me ask this question, that If you're going to say that Twitter's property rights are compromised because they collude with the government in certain ways, well, what what exactly is the solution that you are proposing? Let's say they were to kick me off tomorrow because I've shot my mouth off in a way they don't like, something that I would not be happy about, but certainly wouldn't want to call the government in to solve. Well, what is the solution? And If you're making the case that their property rights are compromised, well, then you have to make a case why you have more of a property right to be on their platform that they do spend their money to maintain than they have to kick you off of it. Now, I do think there's room for an argument, and I'd like to find an attorney for the podcast. And if any are listening who'd like to make this argument, this is an invitation 
to say that their terms and conditions uh, of use comprise a contract between the users and the company. Now, one of the things that is required for any kind of a lawsuit against the company is that the company benefits somehow. So there's the hurdle that they're not charging you, but there's also the argument that they are benefiting from the data you provide, the content that you provide, so that there is an implicit contract where both parties benefit there. There's a legal term for this, and I used to know it and I've forgotten it. But that they have breached a contract if they kick you off as long as you've held up your part of the terms of the agreement. So, of course, this is why you see that the reason they kick everybody off the platform is for violating the terms of use. They want to insulate themselves against that potential argument that they've breached the contract with the user by shutting off the services. So getting back to the free market, non-governmental solution to this, one more thing I wanted to throw at you was a few numbers, which is based on Musk's offer. So I could not find current numbers for the amount of shares for Twitter because the latest where the number of shares were reported was 2020. But I backed into them by the information he provided in his SEC filing. So he said that he was purchasing the company for $54.20 a share. And in the SEC filing, he said that he owned 73 million and some change shares, and that represented 9.1% of the company. And if you just do a little backwards division, you'll find out that means that there are approximately 803.4 million outstanding shares right now. So his offer of $54.20 in cash means that he's offering to put up $43 billion and some change in cash. I, I guess it's hard to say in change when you're talking about $547 million. So $43.5 billion in cash to acquire the entire company. So let me just suggest something to you that mainly from the right, because they're the targets of most of the censorship, you're hearing all these calls that big tech should be regulated. And specifically, the most common demand is that a protection that's granted to internet companies in Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act be revoked. And that protection is that they can't be sued for content put on their platforms by third-party users, i.e. you and I. So that if I put something up on, let's say, Twitter, and somebody says that what I put up there caused some kind of a tort, that nobody can sue Twitter for what I put up there. And their reasoning behind requesting and getting that protection was that we're not going to be a publisher. We're not going to edit any of this material. We're just a free and open platform. And therefore, we can't be held responsible for content that happens to appear on our platform. So obviously they have violated that principle. They're not acting as just a free and open platform. They are acting as a publisher. So there's a perfectly good legal reason to revoke that protection in Section 230. 
But first of all, this would be very counterproductive because if you think Twitter and Facebook are censoring now, if they're going to be responsible for everything that all of their billions of users put on their platforms, forget it. It's going to be so stifling and not for any political reasons, but just out of the liability that um, you might as well kiss the internet goodbye. In fact, most of these companies would probably go out of business because they wouldn't be able to get the liability insurance to insure themselves against the number of claims that would come from losing this protection. So how could you ever accomplish getting 230 protection revoked anyway? Well, you're going to have to get a lot of people elected to Congress who are going to vote the way that you want. And I have another suggestion. Why go through the work and spend the money that it takes to get people elected who very rarely do exactly what you want them to do and almost never do it the way you would like to see it be done? Why not instead just do what Elon Musk did? Marshal all the same people that you are going to marshal to vote for, let's say, Republican legislators or Republican president in 2024, whether that's Trump or somebody else, marshal all of that effort and all of the money that would have gone towards all those campaigns and just buy Twitter. And if you think that sounds unrealistic, let me just give you the numbers. So Musk's offer for 54.20 per share comes out to $43.5 billion. So that's 43.5 thousand million. Now, how many people voted for Donald Trump in the 2020 elections? I believe it was around 74 million. So if you took just over half of those, 43 million of those people, the real hardcore MAGA agrees with Trump and Tucker Carlson on everything, and especially on this issue that big tech has to be broken up or regulated, etc. If you took 43 million or just over half of those people and they all gave $1,000 to an LLC or other corporate structures set up to buy Twitter, you'd have the cash that Elon Musk is offering right now. So why go through the extremely unreliable, uncertain process of First, trying to get the people you want elected, and then trusting that they're going to do what you want them to do, that all of them will do it or enough of them will do it to get this done. There's so many chances for failure along those lines where if you took the same amount of people with a lot less effort to form this buying group and chip in a thousand bucks each. You could get the same thing done. You could buy Twitter and own it and make whatever rules you want. You want it to only be conservative talk? Go ahead. If you've got a more open mind, you want to hear more points of view, have it completely open. It's yours. Do what you want with it. And of course, this is the same thing I have to say to uh, liberal environmentalists. Buy the land. You don't want oil drilled on it? Buy the land. Make an offer. Put a buying group together of the tens of millions of people who waste their time and money 
trying to elect people who will just turn around and screw them in the end anyway and buy up a bunch of land and make whatever rules you want on it. If it's more important that the snowy egret thrives than whatever other economic value that land could yield, then make that rule. Have all the snowy egrets you want. I think anybody could see that what I've suggested here makes a lot more sense. If you apply cold reason, of course, getting 43 million people to chip in a thousand bucks would be a lot easier than getting 43 million or 80 million or whatever it's going to take to win the next election, elect the people they want, and then get them to do what they want once they're elected. Something that almost never happens for either side. And people like me say, well, thank goodness that more doesn't happen. But as I said on episode nine of Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, here's what you have a right to. You have a right to what you own and nothing else. That's what it all comes down to. So if you want to exercise your rights, own it. Get together for 2022 or 2024 and buy Twitter or buy Facebook. It'd be a lot easier than getting politicians to do what you want. Okay, folks, let's leave it there. I want to wish everybody who's celebrating a happy Easter, happy Passover, happy Ramadan, whatever you might be celebrating this time of year. And I'll see you on Monday with another great episode. Don't forget, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast and share the show notes page on your social media networks. Really got to get the word out. The podcast has been growing. It more than doubled in March and April so far is on track to double again. So we've really had a tremendous amount of new listeners and we need a lot more. And of course, I can't do it without your help. So again, have a great weekend and I'll see you on Monday. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.